Blog Talk Radio. back again. It is February the 6th, 2014. Appreciate everybody who's been supporting the show, whether it's live or uh, pulling up on the archives to hear what's going on here. And uh, I'm uh, grateful to be back and doing what I do from the heart. I've got a couple of really good guests today. Uh, I think you'll enjoy the conversation. I'm looking forward to having them on. Uh, first, just a couple of things I wanted to uh, say. A couple of things from last week I never got around to because I kind of cut cut the show and uh, closed it out a little sooner than I had planned to. But first thing I want to say is kudos to the Seattle Seahawks. Yes, all right, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, that's my team. That's my adopted team. Uh, Russell Wilson, bad dude. It's one of the smoothest. Just a smooth operator. I love watching that brother play quarterback. And uh, then I had to think about what we have here in Chicago, but that's a whole other story. But kudos, Seahawks. Go Seahawks. All right. Proud of you guys. Beautiful. Okay. Uh, I didn't get too much chance last week to say anything about the Illuminati Awards. Oh, sorry, sorry. The Grammy Awards. Uh, but you can say Grammy slash Illuminati Awards. That's the kind of the way I see it. Not all of it, but a certain portion of it. Yes, I do see it that way. 
And uh, I know I put a post on Facebook regarding the uh, Jay-Z, Beyonce little shenanigans on there with the gyrating and so forth and uh, of Beyonce, which more power to them. People want us to make a big deal for what? I mean, the system, the Illuminati has their backs. They have nothing to worry about. But all I can do is, you know, shake my head, and all you can do is to try to school your kids. If they're going to watch that and be entertained by it, at least take the time to let them know that that's just not the way to be. It's not a role model. Uh, she is one of the most talented, uh, Beyonce, one of the most talented uh, entertainers in the history of music, as far as I'm concerned, and she really don't really have to go there. Uh, her husband, that's another thing. You know, Forty plus years old, singing songs for teenagers. I don't know. I don't think that crap that he sings his music anyway, but that's just me. So I, I wonder if anybody else sees it the way I do. You know, I kind of see a certain portion of the Grammy Awards as just a means of the system legitimizing some of these entertainers so they can keep on doing to our youth what they are doing, such as Lil Wayne, Nicki Minaj. How in the hell are they getting Grammy Awards for anything? Come on now, this, I, I, I'm not saying it, whatever. You, know, you can call in and tell me what you think. Maybe I'm wrong, could be. You can call in 718-664-9513. Okay, uh, another thing, this George Zimmerman boxing match, and I understand it's supposed to be DMX. Uh, this, this really has me shaking my head to the point of maybe needing a, a neck brace because it just goes to show you that side of us, that black people, that just really, really disappoints me. Uh, George Zimmerman just has a lot of damn nerve. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, he should have been met with street justice. Uh, for him to climb up in the ring after, and, and, and put on this shenanigans is an insult to black people. It really is. And uh, if DMX is going to get into the ring with him, I wish that maybe he would uh, have some stash in his trunks or something where he can pull it out and uh, give George Zimmerman the same uh, uh, same actions that Zimmerman posed to Trayvon Martin. Then I would say, my man, okay. But anyway, that's the, that's the way I feel about that. It makes no sense whatsoever. It's an insult. You know, we, we kill each other for no reason. But George Zimmerman walks free and is able to put on some BS like this. Give me a break. Okay. Uh, one last thing. This, and this is something I've been saying uh, often. I'm going to keep saying it because I don't hear enough. And maybe it's being said and I'm just not hearing it. I hope that's the case. But the, the, our school system really needs a, a whole total overhaul. We, we have to replant the seeds, our kids, the seeds from kindergarten on up in a, in a school system that is designed to teach them sensitivity, conflict resolution, anger management, self-respect. I don't know what else. We, whatever we can do for the, for the older kids, we can do it. Whatever it is, I don't know. I mean, that's something that you know, needs to be discussed also. There's something that can be done for them also, but in addition to that, we have to uproot the school system and replant new seeds and change the whole curriculum and get these kids back to being 
positively programmed again. They have been to get them resensitized, to care about things, to understand that when they play these video games, because they're going to play them, but teach them in a classroom setting to understand that they're going to play these video games, to understand that that's what it is. And you can't let that desensitize uh, you to go out and do the same thing because you just can't push the reset button and start a new game. You, you, you're hurting somebody. You're killing somebody. This needs to be taught in the school system, period. We need to get the bands, the music, back in the school system. Get these kids playing some instruments. Get home economics. Get these kids in the carpet. Get them into something that can occupy their time and their minds to offset what the system is feeding them. Because the system is winning so far. Not with every kid. I know that. we got some great kids doing the right things. But you know what I'm talking about. I shouldn't have to say that all the time. You should know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. I'm not going to keep going on and on, but I wanted to kind of get that part out. And I want to uh, get right to our special guest. We're going to take a break real quick. And uh, we're going to come back. And we'll talk to uh, just, a, just a beautiful person. But i got to get her back on the phone. I'll do that while the music is playing. Looks like I lost her. I had her on here, but uh, we'll work that out. And... Uh, you just hold on. You just hold on there, and we will be right back. Cause there's a joy that can't be stopped 
Sometimes a life can be hard And there are days you don't know where to start Oh, even when it seems it's all downhill Know there's room at the top and it will be revealed Have you heard about the word, oh, hey, sister, hey, hey, sister, there's peace in the valley of love, hey, hey, sister, have you, have you heard? That was the voice of my special guest for the second time on We Are Everyday People. Uh, we have another Bryn Mawr alumni, South Shore's own, to Illinois State, throughout Chicago, L.A., New York, and back to Chicago. Broadway Hollywood actress appearing in Cooley High on the Dave Chappelle Show. Law and Order, Jay Leno, Carolina in the City, Long Walk Home, Cat on the Hot Turning Roof on Broadway, and many more. She's a professional trainer of expiring artists and just a strong, independent black woman. I'm proud of her, proud to be my friend, Shireen Snow. Shireen, thanks for coming on again. How are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you, Keith? Thank you. I'm doing great, and great to have you back on again. It's uh, just glad to have you back. Good to be here. Thank you. We, uh, you know, we last time we had a good conversation, we didn't get to touch on everything I kind of wanted to for, t- for time's sake, but uh, you have at that time just recently come back to Chicago, and yes. you've been back for a minute now, and how is that working out for you? It, you know, <laughs> I, I've come to realize that Chicago is a lot smaller than I remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot colder than I remember. Um, you it, know, it so it's been it's, it's been a quiet time, which which is a good thing. Okay, is it quiet? I mean, does it seem smaller in any way because you can't get around like you want to because of the issues there, or just being in compared to New York? Compared to compared to New York, and because I've grown, you know, and I've been to other places and I've lived other places, so um, and and that and creatively, it's it's smaller. Okay, I got you. Okay. You know. Now, we didn't touch at all before on the Broadway play Cat on the Hot Tin Roof. I wanted to ask you about that, as far as how that even came about, uh, what your experience was with that. How, how long did it run? How long did that play run? It, 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 was, a, it was a limited run. Um, we opened in, 
No, let me see. We, we had first ones in November. We opened in December, and we, I'm sorry, we opened in January, and we ran until the end of March. So it was, um, it was about two and a half months. Okay. And well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It. Uh, I'm sorry. About three and a half months. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, wow. Three and a half months is considered limited. And it was a limited run. Yes, we had almost a month worth of uh, uh, previews. Okay. Okay. And how did that work out? I mean, do you enjoy it? Is it just like a job and getting up and going to work? Do you, do you have fun on stage when you're doing this? It was absolutely amazing. It was my it was my Broadway debut on stage and it was absolutely amazing. The cast was wonderful. The crew was wonderful. Um it was just a really, really special it was a special time and it was just amazing. It really was. And and, and it is it is my job. It is my job, you know, but you know, to do what you love to do and get paid for it, you know, that's play as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Now, when you're on when you're on stage in front of a live audience, I, I, do you shut it off and just stick within your own focus character, or do you are, are you uh, recognizing this audience out there? I mean, are you aware, or do you just cut yourself away from it so that you won't be aware? Well, no, I mean, of course you, I'm aware, you know, because they're there. I can't hide from them, but I don't, I don't focus on them. Uh, you know, like. I just know that they're, that they're there. Okay, so, okay, all right. Right, I, I kind of didn't ask that in the correct way. It kind of sound like a uh, kind of retarded question there. Sorry about that. I guess that, that one didn't quite come out right. I mean, you know, it's not like you can't fake, shut them out or phase them out. But I, I guess I'm kind of trying to feel, uh, get a sense of the uh, feeling that you have when you're up there. Uh, are, are you nervous? Or are you just so sure of your role that you're not even worried about it? And it's, or are you up there saying, I, I hope I don't miss a line? Well, well, usually, uh, by the time we've had enough rehearsal, okay, that you know, you know, we're ready for. I'm ready for an audience in, in in terms of me, you know, being nervous and not being nervous, and so I'm I'm not nervous. You know, interestingly enough, you know, it was my first time, you know, performing on a Broadway stage, and I was not nervous. I was I was not nervous about anything. It was just it was do. really really exciting and and wonderful. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I know talking to you before you mentioned that your favorite stage between uh, television, uh, movies, and, and and music. You you seem to have a preference for the stage. Do I have that correct? Um, yes, but I, yes, but I would like to do more film and television because I mean I know I know stage inside and out. You know I could do that. I know okay. that with my eyes because I've done so much of it. Um, but uh, I would love to do you know more film and television. I really would. And speaking of film, I, I was talking to you before we came on the air, and uh, I would hope 
I just have to recommend that people go to your website, shireensnow.com, C-H-E-R-E-N-E-S-N-O-W.com, and go under videos and check out, it's about a maybe five or six minute film clip of Shireen in several roles, and I think it's really, really, really nice and really touching and cute to me. I, I was trying to get it over, I could put it on Facebook, but I couldn't work it out, but I'm going to leave it up to you guys listening to uh, whether it's Archive or Live. Go to Shireen Snow's uh, webpage under videos. Well, check them all out, but go into videos and, and check out that clip. I think it's really cool. I think it's really, Thank really you. nice. You are quite welcome. I, I had to get that in there because I, I felt bad I couldn't get it over. But at least I'll give the people the direction they can go and check it out for themselves, and I hope they do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, you, you mentioned... Well, you said you want more challenges in television and move and movies. What has been, what would you consider your your toughest challenge uh, so far? Um, as an actress, as far uh, as as far as a role. My mo- my most challenging was. Um, it was actually a, a, a role that I didn't, that I couldn't completely connect with, and so for me, that was a challenge. Okay. Um, it was a, it was a, it was a play called G's Bend, and, uh, I played two characters. I played, uh, the mother of two girls, and then I came back, uh, at the end of the play and played my own granddaughter. Okay. And I, and I just, I, I just found it a challenge to, to, to. Con- I did my best to connect with them, but there was a, there was a disconnect somewhere for me with so those two roles. So you just couldn't dig down deep, and you just couldn't really get a feel, get that internal that, that push that you need from within yourself to really do what you felt you were capable yeah, of doing. Yeah. 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 I could. I mean, I, I can usually you know, get something that that I can, you know, truly grasp onto. I mean, I grasped onto uh, uh, the singing portion of it, you know, um, but but those two roles I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, it just didn't hit me where I needed it to hit me. Okay. And... Speaking of emotions pertaining to your roles, what 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 was the most what gratifying to you? Which one? What 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 have, what have you enjoyed the most? Is there any particular role or a set or a show you've been on that you was like, man, I could I wish I could just do this every dog on day or every other day maybe. Um, I did a play called uh, Life Girl Things, which I I. Absolutely loved. It was a. It's a two. It's a, a play by Frank Higgins, and it's a two-person play, two-character play, and it's, it's loosely based on uh, the story of uh, uh, Lead Belly and uh, Alan Lomax. Um, and that that role, I absolutely loved. And that's I, a. I absolutely loved. I saw a clip on it. As a matter of fact, I want to 
see here we go I'm gonna I'm gonna send the people again to some of you on uh, there's if you want to Google go on YouTube rather and uh, look up Shireen Snow Black Pearl you'll see a real nice and uh, you know touching clipping of, of that play with her and uh, I really enjoyed the, the last part where you were doing the Kumbaya Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I thought yes. that was You said, y'all, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that was, hey, that was good, Keith. That was cute. So, so people, you know, you can, you know, Shireen Snow is out there. You can go on YouTube, and there's quite a few uh, video clips of Shireen there. Uh, one, uh, uh, matter of fact, I started to put it on the Facebook had to do with you talking about the, uh, well, I believe it was a film actress run, a film actress guy or something like that, or uh, forget exactly yeah, what it was. Well, had to do with the uh, film, a fund for the actors, or maybe something happened to do with oh, the... Yeah, the actors fund, yeah, actors fund of America, they did a, um, to, to, uh, they did a film for um, funding. And so they asked me uh, as one of the actors to, to talk about it. And my, uh, my portion was, was, um, was picked out to, to be in the video that they would preach it to, the, uh, to the, uh, the funders. Okay. To get more funding. Yeah. Well, I, think I came across yeah. that. Uh, I've probably seen every video on YouTube that you're in. I mean, I try to do my homework. <laughs> But the people can uh, go on and see a little more of what you do, and uh, maybe once they see you, even recognize, hey, this a show that they saw you on. Uh, so that's all they have to do is go on YouTube and uh, type in Shireen Snow or Black Pearl, just Shireen Snow, and you'll get a get a whole lot of whole lot of action clips there. So. Oh yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Now, when were you uh, most humble? By a role. I mean, what, 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 what humbling moments? You probably had more than one, but what are the couple of more, more humbling moments that you've experienced uh, as a result of a, 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 a play or uh, your performance? Or have you ever experienced a, uh, like a meltdown on stage? Not a total meltdown, but where you kind of just, you know, wasn't really feeling it. You just worked through it. Or, you know, can you comment on that at all? Um, um, humbling. I, I, I think, I don't know in terms of humbling. I will say, though, because uh, uh, Black Pearl Sings was a period piece. It was set in 1935. And so I had to find a way to take Shireen, the present Shireen, out of it. And so that in and of itself can be quite humbling mm-hmm. because I have, I have to stop thinking because at the time I did it, it was, two, it was 2000, um, 2009, 2010, something like that. And I, did it, I did it twice, uh, a year apart, uh, same director, different production, different co-actor. And so it was, it was, it was humbling for me to, to be in that time period and have to remove the present day Shireen from that. You know, the language and, and how I would act 
you know, and how I would be perceived from that time era is com- completely different. Okay. And so I had to, I had to, I had to always keep that in mind, and not, and not portray present day. So yeah, so that uh, that would be the the most I, I think was humbling for me. Okay. Now, a lot of people will think that uh, okay, you're you're an actress and you're on television, you're on the movies, on stage, and it's just a consistent. It's nonstop action, and they 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 don't really understand that it's not quite that way, and you know what? In between, when a show is uh, about to come to an end, mm-hmm. I imagine. Well, I guess you you always well, you have your agents. They're they're always looking for you. Is that correct? Or you you how, how do you, what are you doing between in between roles? Um, it it depends. You know, it, you know, it depends on on you know what you have scheduled. Like I. The, I did uh, Cat on the Hot Tin Roof, um, and then I had some injury to my knee, so I was healing with my knee, so it was great to not really have to do anything. Um, so, and then I went and I taught, because um, I'm, I'm a teaching artist, so I teach acting. I also do private coaching um, as an actor. Um, when I was in New York, I was singing in the choir, so, you know, so I would keep myself busy, you know, teaching, um, doing readings. Uh, you know, it just depends. It depends on what on what's going on, and mm-hmm. and also what time of the year. Okay. Yeah, you know, what what time of the year it is. So you know, it, it could be. I mean, and I also I write poetry, and I sing. So, you know, I've done readings where I, I sang or go to an open mic or, you know, uh, go and watch theater with other people in it. And you don't get to do that when you're actually on stage and don't have time for it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, do, do those things and, and you know, recoup. Because let me tell you something. It takes a lot to do seven or eight shows a week. That's a lot of work. And yeah, I can imagine. I can, imagine. I can yeah. imagine. Yeah, I can't you know, imagine. Yeah, Broadway is no joke. So, you know, eight doing you know seven eight shows a week, you know that that takes that takes some work, you know. So when you when you come down off of that, you know you need a little downtime. You know. Now, have you have you? Uh, Able to experience uh, walking down the street and someone notices who you are, type of thing. Yes, but not from not from Cat on the Hot End Roof, though. Okay. Um, from uh, interviewing Love Cooley High. Cooley High, the classic. Mm-hmm. When I when I first moved to Los Angeles, I was with two other um, actresses, and <laughs> we were in we were in a department store. And I just moved to L.A. And this woman walked up 
to the three of us. And she said, are you an actor? And, of course, we, all three of us, we turned around and we said yes. And she looked at me and she said, Cooley hot. And I said yes. And she said, mm-hmm. And then she just walked away. That's it? That was it. Oh, man, I thought, I thought you were talking about you had to pull out the pen and, and, and write Shireen Snow down in cursive and shake hands and take a picture. She, that's all she did. That's... <laughs> I thought that was quite interesting. We, we, uh, the three of us laughed about that. That was quite hysterical, but it was wonderful. She just needed confirmation, and she got her yeah. confirmation. Because yeah. when I did the film, I was 13. When she saw me, I was a grown woman. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, it was it was interesting. But I've done, I mean, I I've, I've signed autographs before. I mean, when I did Cat, you know, I signed autographs and posters and you know things, and that's wonderful. That's a wonderful thing. You know, I get a lot of, um, you look so familiar. I get that all the time. Mm-hmm. Or no, you I... look like, uh, what's her name? I say Alfie Woodard. Yes, so I get that all the time. I know before we were talking about uh, Caroline in the City, and uh, I was I was asking you about Diana Ross, and at, at that time that's when Mr. Shapiro called. Never really got into that. And what what was what was the experience working with Diana Ross? You were saying that she didn't come across as though a lot of people anticipate her as far as being a diva, and that's as far as we got. What was your experience with, with working with her? Yeah, that was a that was a out of darkness. Out um, of darkness. Okay. Out okay. of darkness. Okay. Yeah, that was an ABC movie of the week. She was she was wonderful. She there was no there was no diva, no there was none of that. She was a very kind, and sweet, and um, a very low key person. Just just I'm very very nice. Hmm. I said I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah she was she was wonderful. She really was. You know, I, I didn't see any of that that, you know, everybody else talks about that. You can only go by your own experience. And for me, she was just wonderful. She really was. Mm-hmm. So on, uh, did, did you guys uh, develop any, pretty much you just worked with her and that was it, or did you guys kind of keep in touch for a while? No, that was just that one day. I mean, I was only there, I was only on set for like half a day. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. you just kind of did, did yeah. your part recorded it and uh, let them put it together then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, I understand on February 15th you begin rehearsal for another uh, a role. Want to tell us about what's happening with that? Yes. Uh, I will be uh, making my debut at the Humana Festival, which is uh, at the State of Louisville in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and uh, we have first rehearsal on uh, February 15th for it's a new piece called uh, uh, Brownsville Song, B-Side for Trey, by uh, Kimberly. And I did a reading of it at the um, Seven Devils Playwrights Conference in uh, McCall, Idaho, this uh, past summer. Uh, a wonderful a wonderful playwriting conference for, you know, for playwrights. And so uh, I think it's, it's such, so divine that I went from that and then I got a chance to audition for it to actually do the full production. Okay. Um, so it's our first day of rehearsal, February 15th, and I'm beyond excited about it. It's a wonderful role. Um, and I play uh, Lena, 
who is a, a young grandmother um, to an 18-year-old and a 6-year-old, 9-year-old. Yeah, I was, I was doing some homework on that also, and I understand that uh, it has to do with uh, you're, playing the, the young, you're playing the young man's mother, right? Grandmother. The grandmother, right, the 18-year-old. I guess he uh, experienced a tragedy, and it's, it's a dramatic play. What, what, what can you tell us about it that uh, doesn't go too far into it, that, uh, you know, as far as the, the, the scope of the play? It's, it's about a young man and his life living in the neighborhood that he lives in and, and, and the family, his family that he lives with. And um, and um, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to talk around so I don't. <laughs> so I don't say you too much. Um, but yeah, it's about it's about his life, you know, where he lives at his young age and the tragedy that he has to deal with. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that is uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. You said starting in uh, in March. Yeah, for uh, first preview, we have two previews, March 14th and 15th, and we open March 16th, and we run until we, uh, April 6th. Okay, okay. Okay, so that will be something that uh, to look forward to, uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, we'll definitely mm-hmm. keep in touch on that and uh, how things are going with it. And I know when you were in New York, mm-hmm. I had... I had this fantasy of maybe trying to get out there and having a busload of Shireen Snow fans come and check you out on Broadway. It never happened. But it was a thought. Uh, maybe Louisville, maybe, I don't know about a busload, but maybe a, maybe a carpool or whatever can get together and just show you some support down there. You know, that would be a nice little getaway, have a vacation at the same time and show you some support, check out a good play and, and the works. You know, so yes, thank you. And it's a lot closer to Chicago. This is a lot closer. Absolutely, yeah, it, it, it absolutely yeah. even closer to me in in Ohio, so it's, it's not not bad for me at all. Mhm, mhm, it's a lot closer. Yeah, well, and it's uh, and you'll get to see more of me on stage this time around. So. Okay, okay. So I, I'm I uh, yeah I'll, I'll I'll be touching base with you. I'll be after a few days after the fifteenth. I'll be touching base with you to see how things are going, how you're feeling, and so forth, and. You know, we'll we'll work it out. Like I said, if I can just get a car load with with myself, we'll see if we can work something out. Get down there and see you. Show you some love. That would be wonderful. Well, that's uh, Louisville, Kentucky. And what's the name of the play again? It's called Brownsville Song, B-Side Tray. Brownsville Song. Mm-hmm. And they can also... That's another uh, something they can Google and find out all the information. Uh, I did that. Uh, I think I did Shereen Snow Brownsville song, something like that. It pulled up everything I wanted, where it's going, you know, some clippings and so forth. And pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Then there's something else if you use it right. You know, so that's what I try to do. And uh, on that note, I mean, is there anything as a closing statement that you want to get out and you want to say to our everyday people? Just, you know, my, I, you know follow, follow your dreams. Follow your bliss. No matter what anybody else says, 
you know, you can or cannot do. Follow your, follow, go to the beat of your own drum. You know, don't don't try to be like anybody else. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. And these, and I say these things, and to other people, saying them to myself as well. You know, just just follow your own bliss, because we all have a purpose. And if we don't follow our bliss, then we just die inside, and we we don't want that. Yeah. Because we all we're all here for a reason. We all have something to say, something to do, something to share, something to give. You know. So just you know, follow your own bliss, no matter what it looks like. You know, keep dreaming and follow it, and and you'll get there. There you go. So that's there you go. Well, Shireen, I want to thank you for coming on for the second time. Hopefully, there'll be a third. Uh, Absolutely. Wish you the best of luck with the upcoming uh, role in Louisville uh, in, in March. I will keep in touch, and I'll get the word out as best as I know how to do it. Thank you so much, Keith. It's a pleasure being here again for a second time. Okay, you take care, and we'll keep in touch, and I will talk with you later, Shireen. Okay, talk to you later, Keith. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, that was Shireen Snow, Hollywood Broadway actress. Uh, she's done a lot of work, done a lot of work. Uh, I'm sitting here looking at her webpage now and scrolling through all the movies. And well, I, I don't think I've gone through half of them, but you can you can look it up on her webpage, ShireenSnow.com, and uh, check out that video. This gives a little clipping of some of the roles that she's played, and uh, it's just interesting to know somebody you know personally who's who's been. On that stage, he's been on the TV, on the big screen, on the stage, and who's experienced that? Because it just gives you a different perspective. You know, they're just they're, they're human beings. They're doing their job, and, and she does the job very well. Okay, I'm going to take a break again, and we're going to get our uh, second guest on, and we'll talk about just uh, life in these times, the system. System, system. Hold on, I'll be right back. Yeah. 
I'm back, and that's what I'm talking about. Good, good soul music. Give me some good soul music. I, I miss our music. I want our music back. Period. I want our music back. We lost it. We can get it back. We can get it back. Okay. I am back. Uh, this next brother is from the inner city of Chicago, Pit Falls of Chicago, and I just believe that we all have a story to tell, and we all have a story to tell that, however uh, unfortunate it might have been at one time, can turn into a positive. There are stories that, if told and someone else is listening, it could be to the benefit in a positive way to that person. Uh, we, we've heard stories of other people that maybe were a benefit to us. It also shows that you're not the only one out there. There's other people who have had ups and downs just like yourself, and there's other people who have overcome them and made themselves a better person. And whichever route they took to make them that better person, if they're that better person right now, I guess you can say it was maybe all, perhaps all worth the while. This brother is, uh, like I say, from Chicago. He's been uh, through, through the projects, through the, through the unfortunate issues. He's uh, been through the system. Uh, he's been out of the system for a while now, and he's turned himself around from, like I say, the neighborhood to fatherhood, and I want to bring on my guest, Mr. Tashiro Luttrell. Tashiro, thanks for coming on, man. How you doing? I'm okay, thanks. So, Hello, I guess, can you, okay. can, can, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, just want to make sure that we don't have no, uh, okay, beautiful. Okay, I guess uh, we'll start. I guess we'll, we'll kind of go back and work our way up uh, as, as much in a chronological way as uh, older as I can. Coming up as a kid for you, what, what when, when you think back and you, you try to think of maybe your earliest uh, recollection, your earliest memories, what, what, what do you think about? What, what, comes, what comes to your mind? Um, thinking back on my childhood, um, those, uh, you know, as far as, as far as my oldest, I mean, my, uh, you know, first memories, um, it's more, um, it was more happier times than uh, things was more uh, calm, calm, uh, you know, more, uh, you know, family-oriented. But um, it wasn't too much longer until that, that thing started to kind of shift. 
And it, it, it and when, where and when did you did kind of start getting into the, the transition and the temptation of maybe detouring? Because you were, we were talking earlier, and you you had an opportunity to pretty much go where you wanted for high school. You were you were a, 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 just a real smart kid. Right. Right. I mean, uh, you know, um, even back to my um, kindergarten, uh, you know, days, I think I only did maybe uh, seven days in kindergarten and got moved, uh, you know, straight to, uh, you know, first grade. And uh, then after maybe two, three months into that, um, I started uh, leading with the uh, third graders and doing, uh, you know, math with the second graders. And, I mean, you know, they always uh, ask my, uh, you know, mother to, uh, you know, to uh, try to put me into, like, a more advanced school. But she... Uh, uh, kind of, you know, kind of had just started, uh, you know, doing, you know, doing, uh, you know, drugs, and it, um, and it kind of messed things up from there. Uh, you know, her uh, choices wasn't that, that good from that point. Okay, I hear you. And when, when did, and, and as a result of that, you, when did, when did you, at what point did you see this temptation, and you kind of started kind of experiencing this little transition to where you were gonna kind of detour from the route, the path, that positive path that you would have been going on? Right. I mean, uh, as far as that goes, uh, that was more of a uh, of pressure put on me by my, uh, uh, by, uh, you know, family and friends because in the area that I grew up in, um, it was more like, uh, you know, everything was in reverse. Uh, you know, people teach you that, uh, you know, bad was good and good was bad. So, uh, you know, not, uh, you know, like the police and, things, you know, and, you know, and things like that, and um, I was noticing, too, coming up, because now I was uh, probably in my uh, seventh, eighth grade year, and uh, I'm going to school with, uh, you know, one pair of pants, you know, even in the wintertime, uh, uh, you know, shoes was kind of tore, um, things like that, and uh, so I started kind of noticing it then, maybe around um, 13, and then my, uh, you know, mother came to me one day and told me that she couldn't take care of me. And told me basically I had to do the uh, things you know you know uh, the uh, you know things necessary to take care of myself. Okay. And so, needless to say, I, 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 I imagine that's exactly what you did then. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I, I, um, and then the uh, you know streets are kind of persuasive too. Um, you, uh, you know, it's like a false image, like everything that you see is not really what you see, but if you're young and that's not the kind of life that you, you know, lived early, then coming into it always makes you like a victim. And it's people that prey on guys that don't know better as far as, uh, you know, street things go. And uh, that's kind of my issue because, uh, uh, you know, because I come up in a house full of women, you know, mother, grandmother, sisters, no, right. uh, you know, bro, no, uh, you know, father, no, uh, you know, grandfather. Right. So right. everything I learned, I had to, to, uh, to, to, you know, I had to kind of learn from experience, and um, you know, being taught by guys that's trying to, to that, you know, that's trying to, uh, you know, mislead you anyway. You know, you kind of destined for something bad, and that's kind of the, the picture that they paint, but. Most guys don't, uh, you know, see that because, uh, you know, in these areas, that's kind of the, uh, you know, peak of a person's, uh, you know, life is to, you know, be on the street and the type that's known for having the cars and the money and, uh, you know, drugs and stuff like that. 
So um, yeah, so it's so it's like you know real easy to get caught up in it, at, you know, at, you know, especially if you the type that's uh, you know needy, like if you know like you know like if you don't have anything. And where I grew up, there was a lot of people that didn't have anything. I mean, I actually watched you know watched the whole family share uh, um, share uh, you know one big can of can of uh, you know government peanut butter, you know, yeah. open the can, grab you know grab the. Uh, you know they uh, you know grab a spoon. Um, the first person started eating out of it, and then they passed the can around and they took turns. <clears throat> you know, so but people that's in those positions, it's kind of easy to get caught. You know, caught up into the street. Mm-hmm. Like let me let me ask you this. Just just going back just a little bit. When you were, when you were told, I imagine uh, with the feeling that you must have had. When you were told that I I can't take care of you, you got to fend for yourself. That had to be probably one of the most hollowing, humbling feelings you probably could have had in your life, man. How did you? How did you? Did you already know it, but was it still something to hear it? How, how how did you take that in? I mean, to be honest with you, at that point in time, uh, you know, I had already seen like so many things happen in front of me that it wasn't really a shock. But okay. the thing, you know, but the, you know, but the, uh, you know, shock was to, you know, realize one day that this wasn't because she wanted me to take care of me. It was to really have easier access to it, you know. And there was times when we, like, you know, had like, you know, real deep fallouts because she was kind of, you know, kind of trying to like, you know, force me to, you know, give her stuff. And okay. you know me, I'm you know, and I'm saying, well, no, you know, you're my mother. I mean, you know, what is, you know, that's crazy. But, yeah. but people that's trying to fight that addiction don't see that as like an issue. So you know, <clears throat> yeah. So it was kind of a shock, but I knew it was coming. I just didn't know when. And you know, and it was things I thought I was, uh, you know, ready for that. You know that I obviously wasn't because I was a schoolboy. You know, all, you know, all I did was uh, like, you know, uh, you know, um, like all uh, types of, uh, you know, recreational things like ping pong, chess, uh, you know, basketball, baseball, and then it's, you know, straight from that into the streets and out here, you know, dealing with these people. And how did when when did when did you find yourself introduced to the prospects of dealing in uh, of, of of going into going going the drug route? When, when, when did, when did, how, how did that come upon you? Uh, what do you mean as far as, uh, you know, as far as uh, how, you know, how the whole thing started? Yeah, how, 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 yeah, as far as how you were, because I'm sure everybody who starts with is approached in a particular way and, and it's put on their mind and eventually they weigh it one way or the other and they go one way or the other. But I'm just saying as far as when, was, when were you approached with that prospect of, uh, of dealing in that? Uh, well, actually... The only approach was actually the uh, time where the uh, time the time when my uh, you know mother told me that she couldn't take care of me. Um, it's kind of like um, you know it's a whole different way of life down there. Like um, it's like if you grew up down there, then then it's almost when you say, like when you, say, you know, when you say down there, where, where you talking about the uh, Robert Taylor? Uh, uh, yes, yes, Forty uh, Third and State Street. Okay, just want to give people an idea of where you, the location you're talking right. about. Okay. Right, outside of Chicago. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, um, 
uh, it's kind of a thing where if you grew up down there, then they expect you to kind of come up, uh, uh, you know, becoming a part of it, uh, you know, anyway. But it's just a difference in, you know, age groups. I mean, it's guys that's, you know, literally getting pulled in at seven, eight years old, and then it's guys that's getting in in their, uh, you know, mid-20s and stuff like that. And um, for most guys, it's, I guess a financial thing with some of them is, uh, you know, it's a control thing. Uh, but, um, yeah, um, that's pretty much how that happened. I mean, I pretty much uh, approached them with it, and they was like, oh, oh okay, I guess, you know, you know, uh, you know, I guess you feel that you're ready. And I was, you know, and I spoke on it like, yeah, and that's kind of how that happened. <clears throat> but that's it wasn't no resistance. So you weren't. Uh, I mean, were were, were you uh, in fear or uh, a bodily harm at any time while you were I, doing this? I mean, um, I mean, uh, for me, it was more of a financial thing at the time. But mm-hmm. coming, you know, but coming up, you know, years before, yeah, it's a lot of pressure. You know, it's guys that make that try to make you feel like you this type of square, you know, sucker type if you don't you know, if you're not plugged with somebody and plug mean uh, you know, being like affiliated. Um and some you know, and some guys get picked on a lot, some you know, some you know, some people get jumped on, some people kind of uh, you know it's different. You know, it's just all different types of ways that it happen, but they do kinda, you know, approach you sideways you know, a whole lot, and then um, it's, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you know, sorry, uh, you know, I'm trying not to stutter, but, uh, you know. I hear, I hear, brother, I hear you fine, no problem, just be, right. make it comfortable, you're all good. Right, 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 but, uh, yeah, you know, there was a lot of pressure behind it, though, you know, guys do kind of, you know, kind of outcast you if you're not a part of and it's times when you can get jumped on because they do like you know stick together. So so if you got guys you know picking on you and stuff like that, you know it's not a one-on-one fight. It's a jump on, probably you know probably uh, you know hospital or or like you know cemetery treatment. You know it just kind of depends on the day and what's going on. But um, and and most guys that get involved uh, do become a part to stop getting picked on and to stop, uh, you know, being approached. Now, were, were you were you attacked at all during this during this stage, uh-huh. or did you kind of tend to be with the right people? Right. Um, um, I was more or less, uh, you know, in the, uh, you know, circles that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of stopped that kind of treatment. But at the same time, uh, you know, you still come into, to like, you know, different encounters you know, when people not outside and stuff like that, and people still, you know, want to try, you you know, and approach me, yeah. you know, so I, and I almost got jumped, no, well, actually, I did get jumped on down there, uh, you know, uh, you know, when I was 14, some, uh, you know, guys had uh, hid some, uh, you know, um, drugs in the hallway, and I just so happened to be coming out the hallway, and then this one guy said, you know, he couldn't find it, so they tried to, you know, you know, you know, they, they came to me, and it was more of a thing at that time because, I, you know, because they was plugged and I wasn't plugged. So okay. it was more, you know, from them things like, you know, if you want this to stop, you know, you know what you got to do. <laughs> okay. Now, eventually, uh, just like it, it, it's just a matter of time, I, I tell anybody, anytime you're doing anything, 
to get in and get out because eventually it's going to come to a halt because something's going to happen. You're going to get caught or whatever. So eventually that happened in your case. Uh, when, when uh, at what point, uh, how long did it go before uh, the situation changed for you, before uh, you ended up uh, being caught and being a part, being within the system for a period of time? Oh, the, uh, you know, funny thing about that is the very first week um, I got shot and then I caught a case. And it was funny because I kind of laughed about it and I uh, said, like, um, you know, the only thing they tell you that you can get from gangs is going to jail or being killed. And I came close to both in the very first week. So it was signs, you know, but... You know, but at the time, I'm, you know, I'm young, and this is exciting, and it's something new, so I'm really not paying it that whole man, but, you know, I paid that attention, you know, with a few other things. Um, I actually got in trouble a few times, um, like, right after that. Um, I pretty much caught cases almost every year up to about um, 2004. You know, petty, you know, petty cases here, you know, felonies there. Because um, I kept feeling like, you know, I needed to get back out here to try to get back, you know, right and establish because, you know, that's the only thing that you really learn from being down, you know, down, uh, you know, uh, you know, in these areas, uh, you know, being a part of these, you know, circles. So you kind of you kind of make money in the way that the best way that you knew how at that particular time. Exactly. I mean, because you know, it's you know, uh, you know, they don't have like too many trade schools and things like that. You know, everything is kind of, it's kind of like you know, stretched out in the city, and it's hard. You know, and there's no information for nothing positive. So the only thing that's really out there, and the only thing that you hear positive day to day is you know, go to school, uh, you know, get and uh, try to find a good job and stuff like that. But it's an in between time. And it's a lot that you go through, you know, in that process. And for, uh, you know, most people, that's the only way that they know how to make money, you know. And I was one of those people, you know, because I had been doing it for so long and, uh, you know, trapped into this, uh, you know, mindset that, you know, that I can get rich and these are my friends and everything out here is right that I'm doing. And um, it actually took my, uh, you know, last case for me to sit back and, you know, just a whole attention and just sit back and, uh, you know, look at the whole picture and start putting things together. I said, okay, you know, this time I'm just going to take the time. I'm not going to even try to fight it. I'm constantly catching cases. It must be something telling me to sit. So I spent all that time mostly, uh, you know, reading and writing. I actually, uh, you know, read maybe um, like close to five, 600 books in the two years I was locked up. And I uh, did like a lot of thinking. And I'm paying attention to my environment, and I'm thinking back on situations, and it just, you know, started to seem like, you know, real childish to me. And that's kind of when my whole attitude started changing about it. Okay. Now, did, did, did that, see, that, while you were in, while you, while you were locked up, did you kind of just keep off into your own corner? or how, 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 you, did you have to? You have to be part of a clique of, uh, yeah. up in there. Or are you able to keep off to yourself? Will they even allow it? I mean, it's allowed, you know, but it's all a respect thing. I mean, if you can carry your, uh, you know, self as a man, and and uh, kind of just, you know, be able to, uh, you know, stand your ground, then you can survive. 
But at the same time, it's all about how you talk to people and how you deal with different situations that can either, like, you know, make or break that state. And for, uh, you know, me, I'm more, you know, I have been around and um, and I kind of know what can and can't be done. So, you know, so at times, you know, when I was approached about it, I had to kind of, you know, dig into the specifics and let them know, like, well, you know, I don't have to necessarily, you know, man, you know, be a part of that. I'm actually just, uh, you know, visitor. I'm not trying to be a part of that, you know. And sometimes it can be accepted as cool, and then sometimes, you know, they can say, man, you know, we don't want to hear that, and and then it all break loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I imagine being in there, you, 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 you. I guess anybody who's been in there, especially a couple of years, have bear witness to who knows all kind of different episodes and instances and so forth up in there, you know. And it's, it's just, I'm, it's, I'm just glad you're able to get through there and get out of there, man, and 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 turn into a, you know, the man that you are now, you know. Yeah, and and um, you know, and then it's you know, and then the thing that's uh, you know wild about jail is. Um, you know, it can play, uh, you know, it can play either, uh, you know, right or, you know, it can play left. You know, if you go in and you can, can like, stay focused and know that your whole purpose is to come home and to just kind of, you know, mind your business and stuff like that, you know, you can, you know, make it kind of, uh, you know, productive. But, but for, you know, most guys, they come in, you know, with the, uh, you know, same attitude that they had on the street. And that's why, you know, people come home, you know, with that same attitude, you know, because it's just as bad in there because it's not nothing to distract the person like, you know, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, being at home or doing something else, but you hear every day. And for, you know, me, it was real degrading, it was very degrading, you know, to be told at any time to, you know, strip, get naked, you know, they want to look in all, you know, in all the crevices, uh, hidden, you know, for things hidden. And for, you know, me, that just kind of bothered me personally to be told as a grown man to get naked and to, you know, bend over, spread your cheeks and talk, you know, that, you know, that was kind of my breaking point. I, I, I can imagine. And then you got some, probably got some of them guys who, speaking of these guys, man, some, some of these guys, I, I, I know that uh, it seems like some of these guys' only purpose of being a guard is, is to, it's it's to it's to mess people around to play games. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I mean, and it's definitely like a like a you know like a ego thing for them, because there was an incident when um, uh, you know, when I was approached by uh, uh you know, by this officer, uh, you know, he had everybody to come out the uh, you know, rooms and uh, kind of uh, you know, face a wall, and uh, he walked past me and told me that I had my uh, you know, forehead. Uh, you, uh, uh, you know, on the wall and told me I was dirty enough this wall. So he told me that he was going to go and get this, uh, you know, bucket of soap and a rag and told me I was going to clean the whole wall because I got his wall dirty. And that kind of played out bad. It, uh, you know, led to about, um, it led to almost, uh, you know, solitary. But he came back and he talked and kind of got an understanding about it. But I had to let him know, like, like you know, I'm not going to do that. You know, and he's like, well, you know, I'm an officer, and you're going to listen to me, you're going to do what I tell you, or, or you know, I'm going to, you know, put all this time on you and these tickets and make it stay longer. You know, I mean, it's crazy. You know, people get beat up. Um, and then there's a lot of contraband that flows through that place. So, you know, 
those officers, you know, they play just as much of a role, you know, in that as anybody else. You know, this thing is, you know, there's plenty of things in that that's not supposed to be in there. So the fact, so the fact that you can eat, you can definitely get you some drugs in prison is holds true then. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, you know, uh, uh, you know, even as far as on the, you know, in the county jail, you know, uh, they had uh, spoke, uh, you know, once about like a, a gun being on, uh, you know, one of the tiers, but that didn't happen a couple of times before. You know, cell phones. I've been on tiers where they come and do shakedowns, and the officer might be affiliated, and he gonna let his people know. And come and grab all the you know knives and anything that you know you know that they might have hidden, and let them come shake down. And when they leave, you know, bring it back to them. You know, I didn't actually saw that with my own two eyes. <laughs> wow. Now, looking back, and I, that's that's one thing. My youngest son, Malcolm, he's 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 he'll be twenty in uh, June. But I always tell him, I said, man, you, you know. You're suburban. I mean, he knows the suburbs. He never lived in the city of Chicago. And, and I, I tell him that, uh, you know, how we, you know, I think all our whole family, man, everybody has come through the projects at one time or another. And the lessons you learn in the projects, man, I tell you, if you can survive through there, you learn probably some of the most valuable lessons uh, that you'll ever learn in life as far as uh, your vision, how to see through shit, you know, how to not be taken, how to how to feel people out. You know what I'm talking about? You know exactly what I'm talking about. What are you? What 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 are some of the positives that you have taken out of uh, you know coming up through the projects and even coming up through and being uh, having gone through the system? Well, uh, you know, one of the the you know main things that it have done it made me completely humble. I mean, it's not too much of nothing that can happen now that really bothers me unless it happens to maybe a child, you know. But everything else, I kind of, you know, it kind of just, you know, bounce off me. And um, I can take, I can take, you know, being down just like I can take, you know, being up. You know, most, uh, uh, you know, most people don't know how to survive. You know, and I learned how to survive and to not basically cry over, you know, spill milk. It's, you know, it's most people out here that only know how to work. So if they're not employed, then they lost. You know, and they don't know what to do. They go crazy. You know, they start, uh, you know, acting up on their family and their kids. You know, it's too much for them. Mm-hmm. But me, you know, but coming up down there, you know, you go through struggles and you see things and you know that everything that's being said and everything that's being shown is not necessarily that, you know. And it takes sometimes for you to, you know, dig a little deeper into things to understand. Mm-hmm. You know, just like part of my transition, you know, on the, you know on the positive side. Um, oh, by the way, um, I actually got my uh, you know GD through you know through the prison system. Okay, okay. Uh, back, you know, back in uh, two thousand one. <clears throat> but um, but yeah, you know, like I said, you know, it kind of um, you know, and then it gives you the 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 experience to be able to help others at times, you know. I mean, I always felt felt that, you know, felt that, oh, you know, that I could do good, good, you know, maybe as a counselor or maybe a big brother type, you know, because I see the things that kind of, um, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, made things, uh, I mean, well, that, that kind of helped 
make things, uh, you know, how they are today as far as in Chicago. You know, they uh, took all the, uh, you know, boys and girls clubs. Yes. Uh, you know, and uh, plus uh, I used to stay on, like, 61st and Normal. You know, it's like a freight track right there. And it had been times when the, the freight pull up and it's all of a sudden stuck. And it's all of a sudden a lot full of guns. You know, stuff like that. You know, so I kind of know the games that's being played now. You know, so that's one of the positives also, you know, because now I know how to stand back and blend in versus, you know, standing out and doing things that's going to, you know, make things harder. So you so you you've seen the system at work. I, I I always say the system is something else, man. All this is by design, like you say. This freight train stops, unlock. Here's your pickup. Design, yeah. man. Design. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like that too. I mean, because I look at a lot of the things that have changed now, like as far as you know, games and things like that go. I mean, they saw that even though these gangs was kind of growing, it was still structured that was, uh, you know, laid out, uh, you know, on these streets. But ever since they, you know, helped to build it and then come and snatch those same guys from it, it was like, you know, shaking up a Pepsi or something. Yeah, and then man. they off and it just spilled everywhere. I mean, yeah. you know, they took all of these big guys now, after they didn't let them, you know, run these streets and lay all of this, uh, you know, foundation, and now they come and grab them, and now there's nobody to answer to. So everything is just, I do what I want to do. There's no, you know, there's no repercussions to no actions now, you know. And then they pray off that because, you know, if you pay, pay any attention to, uh, you know, Illinois, it's nothing but jails, I'm, you know, from county jails to IYCs to female prison to, uh, you know, male prison. You know, all types of, uh, you know, boot camps and work relief centers and all these people get paid off that, you know, and they want to keep it going. I mean, it was times when I heard officers ask guys, you know, if they got kids and a guy would say, yeah, and he'd say, oh, okay, well, that's beautiful because now my son's going to have a job. Man, you know, you, you hit, you hit, I, I'm kind of writing some things down so I don't, you know, as I get older, I, sometimes I kind of have things in my mind, I forget them, but I've been writing some things down, you said, man, you've been, you've been hitting, hitting the ball, knocking the ball over the fence, man, you playing home run derby with your topics because you, 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 you write on point when you recognize that the boys and girls clubs are gone, uh, they've taken the bands out of the school so it doesn't get the kids a chance to have something else to, to maneuver their time. Exactly. Uh, and, and especially when you talk about I remember writing a post not too long ago. I said, you know, I never thought I'd say that I miss gang leaders because you're right. They, it's an anarchy, man. It's every man for himself. There's no discipline whatsoever. Because, But when you had gang leaders, you didn't have the kind of crap they have in the streets now. Be, be, period, man. It's like every kid. And the thing about it, you know, the 13-year-olds, my understanding is the worst ones out there, the ones 12 or 13 years old. Now it used to be this 18, 19, 17 maybe. Now it's like the 12 and 13 year olds are damn near the most dangerous ones out there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know. And 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 then, you know, it's a lot of different types of influences too. I mean, me, I love rap music, but even that play a part. And I think that's why, you know, why it's so 
uh, you know, marketable now because they see that the, uh, you know, music actually do influence, you know, like when Cameron, uh, you know, uh, put on the um, pink and then all the guys got to wearing the pink. Now, you know, now you look up, it's all dreads and tattoos and Kenny yeah. James or whatever, stuff like that. You know, it's an image thing. And most of these guys, you know, was never taught how to be thinkers, so all they know how to do is follow so now they're hearing about all these drugs and these drinks and these guns and holding down blocks and doing this, that, and the other, not even knowing that it's all a trap. And, I mean, it's crazy to the point where now, you know, the Chicago police, a uh, uniform police, will get out of a car with an M16. You know, and all of that really did was open up the doors for them to go through and kill and get away with it. Lock up, get away with it, and all they publicize is just all that bad, that bad, that bad. You know, I actually laughed about that when Daly was trying to get the Olympics in Chicago. You know, oh. but y'all do this, you know, but then y'all do this trying to, uh, you know, trying to, you know, trying to make reason for, you know, why y'all are, you know, running through these, uh, you know, neighborhoods bogus like y'all doing. Yeah. And then... And then now you want these people to bring these, uh, you know, multi-million-dollar, you know, uh, uh, you know, investments to this city, and then wonder why they didn't get it. And I told people, I said that's that same, that same thing makes you laugh, makes you cry, you know, because it was funny at first when they was putting it out there. So now when they come through and shoot somebody, you know, it can be justified. But now y'all trying to do something big and making all these plans, and then it don't go through. Y'all done scared everybody off. Y'all basically saying y'all don't have no control of y'all city. <laughs> that was deep because I was so glad that Chicago. I was I was I was saying please don't let them bring Chicago, them to Chicago, and it just and it, I was happy because it showed me that the the, the people out there they, they see what Chicago's about. They they don't want to have that no. They ain't gonna bring that stuff up in here. It ain't happening, you know. And uh, so I, I was I was very. Uh, Satisfied that they didn't they they bypass Chicago, uh, with, especially yeah. with that that damn Mayor Daly that that dude in intensive care. If, if he was the, I figured to damn die, he'd be the first damn time he did something meaningful meaningful as far as I'm concerned. I just don't have no sympathy for the dude, man. When you think look look at what he did with these guys who, uh, you know, uh, that would be dead now if it wasn't for Governor Ryan. You know, I know you 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 made a comment on that page that post too. You know that you know that you you, you see what I'm saying with that. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I mean, because it's all, you know, it's all one big trap. And for those that don't realize that, you're going to stay in that trap. You know, I think back on all of my, my uh, friends that could hit, you know, hit hit like a baseball all the way across, you know, almost a football field. Guys that could, you know, swim like fishes and jump like kangaroos and got caught in that same life. And that same mess that's out there doing the same thing to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. You know, and it's like, you know, and it's like everybody throwing their hands up. I mean, I even heard this, uh, you know, one lady say how she loved her daughter, but she hate her son and that he can never ask her for nothing and she hope he go to jail and stuff like that. And I asked her like, well, you know, you just going to give up on him. You know, that's your son. You know. How can you even think like that? You know, and everybody's sitting back kind of just watching it happen. 
because there's still guys out there that can say something, but it's like don't nobody want to get involved because because as soon as you get out there and start and start campaigning peace, they're gonna mark you as some type of leader, you know, or you know something like that, and try to give you twenty, thirty, forty years. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you know? yeah. It's it's, it's uh, the system has has mastered what it's doing, man. The system is ten, twenty years ahead of us. It knows how we're going to be in 10 years from now. What, what's happening right now, they knew t- probably 10 years ago. They are ahead of us, and they design exactly how we're going to act, how we're going to think, how we're going to feel, our fashions, our music. You know, how in the hell, okay, we have the music we have today, but how do we, we let them overtake what we had? Why couldn't they both be combined? Well, because that's not what the, the system wants. The system wants Lil Wayne and those guys, and Nicki Minaj to, to music to do exactly what it's been doing, uh, Chief Keith, these guys to desensitize our people and to do what it's, these video games are designed to desensitize our people and to to do what we do. Now let's say I, I wonder if Lil Wayne and those guys instead of saying nigger, if they change that to Jew, you you you, you right. will never hear the threat. Right. If they change it to, to to white man, if they change it to any any anybody other than black people to point their lyrics towards their violence whatsoever, it wouldn't happen. So yeah, exactly. you're right. The, the system has mastered us. The system knows us better than we know ourselves, and that's messed up. Exactly. You know, and I kind of was having that same kind of argument earlier about the, uh, you know, Grammy thing, you know, with the, uh, you know, Macklemore guy. And I was more or less arguing, like, okay, he can do whatever he, you know, really want to do rap-wise or however they want to call it, but why now do they want to be a part of it, you know, after all of the fight that, 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 that came with it, you know, but, um, that, you know, that's completely off subject. I just thought about that, you know, as you spoke on that. But, uh, you know, yeah, but they want that music. I feel that exact same way, and I believe that's why they promote it so hard. I mean, because I didn't heard Chief Keith, and he says the same thing over and over and over, and these people give him, you know, one of the biggest contracts because they're seeing all of these followers and all of these viewers, so they knowing, you know, how far his influence is stretching. Yes, sir. You know, that's the whole reason behind them giving him all that money to keep making more money because he got all of the kids standing in these, uh, you know, YouTube videos holding guns, you know, bang, bang, kill, you know, yeah. stuff like that. You know, and that's the attitude that they, uh, you know, want out here because, like I said, it's going to keep that machine running. You know, they get paid too much money off of that judicial end, you know, and now they're not even giving people bond money back. So that's even more money for them to keep. You don't get bond money back now? No, you don't get bond money back no more. You don't get bond money back anymore. They uh, give it to a, 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 a court-appointed attorney or tell you to use it towards, you know, some type of lawyer, but you never see it again. Okay. And then, yeah. they, put, and then they put parking meters at the lakefront. You know, stuff and like that. Daly, Daly got over, and then he, he sold a pocket because then when he when he left office, he went to work for them MFs. That that dude, that dude needs to be in prison, man. I'm sorry. If anybody needs to be serving jail time, he needs to be in prison. That, that 
Oh, anyway, I don't even want to get back on that, dude. Uh, right, right. <laughs> man, I, I, I can go all night just tearing him to, to some of the things that he said and did. Man, unbelievable. So now you got the hell out of Chicago, which I would kind of make that suggestion to a whole lot of people to get out of Chicago and go to a slower pace, and you, you moved out. And uh, when, when did you decide, hey, you know, I got to get the hell out of Dodge and start and, and, and make this thing over? Well, actually, well, actually, um, I was thinking like that uh, while you know while I was doing those two years. But after I got out, um, I tried to play everything positive. Um, ended up going back to uh, school. Uh, took up a trade for computer maintenance and repair, try, uh, uh, trying to, to uh, you know get an A plus certification. But the okay. thing was, I didn't really know too much about schools at the time, and everybody I asked didn't have no type of information for me. So the uh, you know so the uh, you know so the uh, you know so the school I went to turned out to be uh, you know one of them little you know fly by night schools and yeah <laughs> um so anyway that kind of made me say f everything so I'm, so now I'm back looking for some type of you know street outlet to you know to try to you know maintain with and um. That was going okay for a minute. Then I just got like I just got tired one day, and I kept saying like if I ever had a chance to move, that I would, and if I had a chance to uh, you know work, I would. And blessings being blessings, I was you know I was approached with both opportunities to okay. you know leave and walk right into working. So I was like, okay, let's you know let's try that, and I've been down here ever since. Um, and that's been uh, about four years now. Wow, that sounds so. So you say you got you, you got shot and you got uh, busted in, in one week, and you you go down there and you get your job and you and you get your uh, uh, and you, I mean you're, you're able to move in and get the job. So that's 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 something. How how it just shows when you when you just don't give up, man. You didn't you never gave up. You know. Yeah, you know, and and I mean I still fight now because by me uh, you know living in the streets for so long. Uh, you know, when it came down to job applications and things of that nature, you know, I didn't have like a uh, you know work history really. Right, so right. I had to pretty much you know work with that job the you know best I could. And then at the time, you know, I still was kind of homes. I mean, I was still finding myself uh, you know homesick. So I'm going back and forward. And mm-hmm. there was times when I was in Chicago coming back here just to uh, you know work three four hours. And I mean, I'm spending thirty-five dollars to get here, and my check was like twenty-six dollars, yeah. you know. But I stuck with the job, and over maybe the course of uh, eleven months, I ended up getting moved up to like a uh, you know lead supervisor, where okay. um, you know you know where um, I was actually uh, you know multitasking, you know. But it was a job I held down, and I stood on firmly. And that's kind of one of the, the perks of coming, you know, of growing up that came into play too, because it made me more, you know, stern on my business as far as, you know, not, you know, falling for the games that people like to play. Come on, man, let's just work. You know, I'm not in here big-headed about no position or nothing like that. You know, I'm playing it accordingly, you know. And it was a good experience. It was a good experience, you know. So now my, uh, you know, resume looked a whole lot better, you know, and i actually been trying to get, you know, other family members to, you know, leave as well because people up there, you know, people in Chicago, it's kind of going through things like real heavy, you know, you know, uh, you know, as far as you know, finances and 
you know, yeah. you know, and and uh, you know stuff like that. But it's like nobody want to, you know, admit that. So they would, uh, you know, rather sit there and struggle versus trying something different and seeing how that play out. You know, and I'm telling them like, you know, you don't know until you try. You know, the cost of living is crazy. It's like two or three taxes on everything. You know, yep. the gas. You know, the gas they sky high. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, people up there paying like, like six hundred some dollars for like a uh, you know studio, and that's crazy. You know, and stuff like that. But it's people down here that's paying less. You know, paying less as a mortgage. You yeah, know, and that's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm trying to explain, you know, to them. But they're not seeing that. You know, everybody focused on on purses and designers and these clubs and getting turned up, as they like to say. Yeah. But I'm saying to to you know myself, like, how you gonna get turned up and you don't have nothing in your refrigerator and yeah. your lights off or your gas is off or something like that. But it's like they just. I mean, it's a lot of people that's just not seeing that. You know, they scared to try something different. I'm like, man, you here struggling. I mean, it can't get no worse than this. You know, you're and then hmm? okay, you're you're so, in central you're in central Illinois, right? Right. Okay. Okay. And how how and so which is obviously because I've been I've lived down there for about six months also, it, it, and the pace is just so. I, I don't you know, you know. The pace is just so much more mellow and so much more fitting for someone who's really trying to get themselves straight, and who just you just don't want a part of this this crazy city life, man. Exactly, you know, and I mean, you know, it's even things that's that's trying to happen down, you know, down here now, you know. I mean, well, I guess it's actually been happening, you know, and um, you know, my thing is why leave somewhere to go somewhere else and do the exact same thing. You know, I mean, it's guys that, you know, that I didn't have a few words with because I'm off to myself, you know, and I'm trying to really explain to them in the shortest way possible, like, this, you know, this is not my thing. You know, I've been there, I've done that, and if y'all knew better, you know, you wouldn't be out here like how you out, you know, like how you out here. Right, right. You know, but it's a, but it's a night and day difference, pace, you know, uh, you know, as, uh, uh, you know, as far as pace, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, police is actually, uh, you know, by the book down here. You know, it's not just, you know, roll up and whoever we catch out here, you know, like it is in the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they actually, you know, speak to you and things like that. You know, the, uh, you know, neighbors speak to you. Uh, you know, it's more programs down here. It's more school and, you know, they, uh, you know, work with the residents down here. You know, they actually give you a chance. You know, me personally, I feel that you know, you know that the uh, you know city of Chicago is is uh, is kind of overpopulated. You know, it's you know it's people uh, like when the uh, Tyson Food Company was hiring, people got in a fight. You know, trying to get you know in, you know just to you know just to try to like you know fill out an application. You know, ain't no you know there's no you know there's no jobs done. You know, and it's like they want everybody to, to you know, resort to something foul because there's nothing there but everything keeps going up. You know, they everything is going up. I, you know, me personally, I feel like they're trying to, uh, you know, weed out the weak. 
you know, if your you know, if your uh, you know, finances don't hold up then you're gonna be forced to move. Well, they got to they got to they got to keep them prisons full too, man. That's that's what it's all about. Keeping them and, and, and trying to clear out Chicago so they can come back in there. Yep. Yeah. Now you have. Yeah, you and, have I was gonna so, say you, uh, you you have a son of your own. How old is your son? Uh, he just made five on the fourth. Just made five, and how how has that uh, how has that changed you? I know it had to. Yeah. Well. Um. Well, it, for one, it took me out of the, uh, you know, mindset of only thinking for myself, you know, because I've had to fend and fight for, you know, for me, like, all my life. I mean, I never had help doing anything, so i always kind of been off to myself, but now I have to, you know, open up more, you know, and be, uh, you know, willing to, you know, share and my thing is, um, I actually try to make him more, uh, you know, more, uh, you know, versatile than I grew up, because um, I said all the time, like, you know, if you see nothing, then that's what you live for. But you know, when you get to, you know, get out and see different things and see how different people living, then that, you know, then that gives you, a, a, you know, chance to, you know, venture off into, you know, different things. Because you know, me, I was in the same area for like twenty, like twenty, twenty-one years. You know, actually, actually, I never, um, I didn't learn how to get through Chicago until I was, like, 22, you know, mm-hmm. just on the other side of town. I mean, I didn't know how to get on the other side of town. I was so used to being in one place, and that's a part of it, too. You know, people see that they don't want to work with you, that, the, you know, schools is almost terrible. You know, they, uh the the uh you know mindset is crazy you know when you see people uh you know with kids and want the kid to be impressive and the kid can sing something from Lil Wayne or Gucci Mane but can barely read or write yeah. you know and that's cool with them you know and that's cool with people I mean I didn't actually bear witness to somebody that had a child that failed kindergarten. And the the parent didn't see that as an issue. I'm like, I didn't even know you can fail kindergarten. You know, that's something I'll need to look into, you know, but they wasn't worried about that. They still going to buy him little, you know, Pelly jackets and Kooji pants and stuff like that. And, and I'm, you know, I mean, there's only so much you can do with somebody else's, you know, problems. The system the system got it made. They, they, I tell you, they, the people, it's you can say what you want. I can say what I want, but but that's one thing. But but if the system puts it out there, oh man, we gonna we gonna stand at attention and salute it like it's a like it's a flag, man. We just I don't know. We got a problem. I don't understand. You know, I I I I I love us as a people, but we got some serious issues. We got some serious issues, man. It's 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 sad. I mean, it's gonna get and it's gonna take a couple of generations to fix it. That's why I say we got yeah. we got to plant the seeds in the schools, like you said, in the kindergarten, to re to resensitize and reprogram these kids to give a damn and to understand that these games are games, these videos are videos, but you can't live your life that way. And exactly, exactly, exactly. And for those that's listening, um, I strongly advise that you you know listen to your kids, that you pay more attention to your kids that you put more time into, you know, raising and paying attention to your kids because it's other people and it's other sources that's out here paying your kids' attention while you're not, 
You know, yeah. there's more to it than you know, there's more to it than, you know, material things, you know, as most kids, you know, you see these days, you know, parents give them everything in the world, but they still go out and do other things because that's really not what they want, you know. And it's either you can raise them or you can let the, uh, you know, streets raise them. And these days, the, 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 uh, the uh, you know, gang mentality is all in the suburbs, you know, and, you know, everywhere. It's everywhere now, you know. So, so please just, you know, pay your kids more attention because it's easy for them to get, you know, lost into somebody else's, uh, uh, you know, way of thinking. And, and the thing, another thing that makes it even double worse is that, hell, these days, hell, the kids are the parents. Yeah. Now yeah, what you, I know. Man, now yeah. what you, you know, the kids, are, the kids are the damn parents these days. And we say, well, it's the parents, it's the guys at home, it's the parents. Well, hell, the parents are the kids, now what? <laughs> you know, we got to do something. Yeah, and, uh, I mean... I mean, because, you know, when I came down this way, honestly, that was the first time I ever saw a kid able to ask a question. And you know what I mean by that is the parents saying, okay, it's the latest time for you to come in the house. And, you know, and they turn around and say, why do I have to come in the house? You know, yes, that, me personally, I never saw that. When it was time to come in the house, it was just time to come in the house. Okay, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> you know, you know it, it wasn't questions after that. And, and it wasn't it wasn't even always after a fear of getting the ass whooping. It was just a matter of protocol, man. Yes, exactly, exactly. You know, and there's a lot of lack of that too. And I feel a lot of the problem with that be, you know, people being afraid to be parents. You know, they want to be their child's friend. You know, you're not their friend. You're their parent. You know, and it's your job to enforce and oversee. You know. But they more or less, oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings or whatnot or whatnot. But, you know, some things need to be addressed and approached. You know, you can't just turn your back to it and let them deal with it. You know, you're the adult for that reason. So what does, uh, for Tashiro Luttrell, what, what, what's happening now and what, what, what kind of, uh, what, what, what are you kind of looking toward? Have you, have you really thought about uh Another phase, or where you? I mean, you want? Are you settled? Settled where you want to go? Or where you're at now? Because me, I'm trying to get my ass down to Florida. Oh, that's that's my goal, down south. Yeah. Florida. So what what what, yeah. what's you, or what what you got in store for yourself, man? Well, actually, well, actually, uh, the first thing I'm trying to do, um, in, uh, June uh, 26th of this year, um, I would be 10 years, um, felony free. You know, uh, uh, case. You know, cases. Period. Yeah. We got to do, you know, so do something, man. Keep it in mind. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, and after 10 years, you know, you can get uh, certain things, you know, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, um, sealed, you know, sealed and expunged. So I'm trying to, uh, you know, work on that. So I'm trying to stay kind of close, to, you know, close to Illinois, you know, for, uh, you know, these next couple of months. But yeah, after right. that, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, looking into trying to move to, uh, you know, um, I had my my uh, you know share of Illinois, and I really uh, you know want to get out and see something different. But um, I'm trying to um, you know make sure that things are right before I leave. You know, with my son and things like that, and make sure that I'm able to get back and forth. You know, if needed. So that's more of my thing. Um, yeah, just um, 
just trying to stay out of trouble. Um, right, uh, you know, right now, you know, my, uh, you know, nephews kind of uh, been, you know, riding my heels because they've been needing somebody to talk to. So, you know, I've been trying to keep an eye on them too. You know, they are uh, new parents as well. Yeah. So yeah. you know, yeah, I'm trying to, uh, you know, help them to not go through the things I went through. Keep talking to them, man. Keep talking to them. It's just, you know, it, 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 it'll seep through, you know. At least yeah, because it's, 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 there's, there's always a chance that, well, if you stop talking to them, that there is no chance because it won't be nothing to seep through. Exactly. You know, dreams and, and, and uh, you know, dreams can get shattered, you know, and I try to help them keep that in mind, too, like, you know, all of that you know, fighting and feeling like you got something to prove out here, you know, that's a false way of life, man. You know, you don't have to be that way because all you're going to do is find yourself in some type of situation that you can't get out of, and that ain't nothing but a distraction from the things you need to be, to be trying to do. You know, it's mm -hmm. a, a lot of positive that you can do as long as you playing the game. And we know what the game is. You know, you can't get caught doing nothing, you know, when, you know, as you move up in the world, and, you know, that comb gets finer and finer, you know, so you got to stay, you know, you got you know, you to keep your hands clean. Wow. Well, when that, when that, when that June comes around, man, I, I wrote that down here, when that comes around and uh, you, you get that anniversary, man, that, that's, 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 that's a hell of a, uh, Something to uh, celebrate, man. We got to maybe we come in town. We can get you down to the house of Bing for some live jazz or something like that, man. Do something, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm with that. I'm with. It. I'm with it. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, let me see. Uh, yeah, you know that's basically. Uh, you know that's yeah. That's basically you know what it is. Like, um, you know, we just got to put more attention to our people, you know. But no, nobody want to step up and be accounted for. You know, it's like you know, it's like you know, it's like just sitting back, you know, watching it all fall. Yeah. You know, I believe it can. I, you know, I honestly feel it can be better if everybody just doesn't need to play their part. You know, I mean, Chicago is almost at a at a at a doom point. You know, I mean, I don't like to say that, but but it's so deep rooted. You know, and then these kids popping up with these kids like real fast. And it, it, it's even it's, it's even deeper. It's, believe me, it's, it's even deeper than you're saying it. You, you, we, words can't express how deep it is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know. It's almost something that you have to see from both ends. I mean, because you got people that never, you know, saw that, but they hear these things, and then they get the TV version and the movie version. But the whole purpose of that is to portray some type of image, that's not everything they go on, it's a little bit deeper than that, you know um you know, your um you know, your you know, your whole environment is influenced by it. Mm -hmm. so, you know, and you got most kids that's forced to make wrong people's decisions, I was one of those kids, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, I was 30 when I was 13, you know I've been paying bills and providing since I was eight. I had to pump gas and help people carry groceries and stuff like that. And so I guess that's kind of why the streets never just really bothered me, you know, when it came down to, you know, moving into, you know, heavier type of hustling. 
you know, and that's bad for a child to have to do. I mean, you know, and that's kind of what the whole story is. Of, you know, you, you know, you see these guys, they 12, 11 years old, smoking cigarettes, pants sagging, hanging out till 2, 3 in the morning, you know, people partying and just not mm-hmm. caring. And all they feel like they got to do is dress them nice and they job them. Everything else is just everything else. And that's most definitely part of the problem. Well, bro, I mean, it sounds like you, you kind of you kind of seem like what, I don't know, I guess we'll have to ask you, is there any closing statement that you want to make for the everyday people listening? Or, I mean, what you just said pretty much was, was beautiful, but it, it, it's anything you might want to say in closing because we're kind of winding down on the clock, but we're going to do this again too, man. Okay, that's cool. I mean, um, just, um, you know, just know that things get easier. You know, um, problems are not always, uh, you know, uh, things that's unsolvable. Um, uh, you know, you know, it's all about perseverance. I mean, if you want it in life, then you, you know, then it will come to you. You know, re, you know, regardless of your circumstances, don't feel that that uh, you know you can't do something because anything is possible. You know, if you feel that's what you want to do, and that's about it. Well, brother, uh, I, I I really am. Uh humbled and happy that you just came on with me. I appreciate you taking the time to talk, man. Uh, it, it, it's what we need to do. Now, I yeah, appreciate anytime. you coming on and look forward to the next time. Yeah, anytime, anytime. Just let me know. Okay, bro, you take care of yourself and be safe and take care of the family, man, and uh, spread the love, man. Okay, good night, everybody. Good, good night, Keith. All right, talk with you later, brother. Okay, good night. And that was uh, Mr. Toshiro the Trail sharing his uh, sharing his story. I appreciate it. I hope that uh, you enjoyed uh, both uh, Shireen Snow, who I uh, want to thank again, Shireen Snow, along with uh, Toshiro the Trail for taking time to come on to the show and talk to us. And uh, what can I say? We're going to keep it rolling. I do want to say, because we're all winding down, that uh, if you're in Chicago tomorrow night, uh, the House of Being is a place to be. That's on 6830 South Shore Drive. Mo Jazz Productions by founder and CEO Joe Stroder. Doing a great job of bringing uh, something positive right smack dab in the, com- in the community. We've got uh, Ari Brown appearing tomorrow, a world-class artist uh, and an old-school element. And you come out and enjoy some great Chinese food, free parking, great drinks, some of the greatest people you can ever want to be around. And if you're there, uh, make sure you single out Joe and uh, you know, shake his hand and greet him and show him some love, man. He's doing the right thing, and uh, I'm looking forward to when I get back in time to check it out myself. But uh, Joe, you keep it going on, man. And uh, for the people, uh, like I say, world-class jazz, live jazz, and an old school element, Tomorrow night, 7.30, 7.30, at the House of Bane. Okay. In the name of whomever or whatever, your spiritual power, peace. Look at the